Georgina Agambar, founder and director of Third Fret, whose company provides online musical and production services, is our guest on episode two of season three of Music Matters with Daryl Craig Harris. Hey, George, how you doing? Hi, I'm all right. Thanks. How are you? I'm very good. So you actually, um, you, we messaged each other on, uh, on Instagram, and I was checking out your stuff, and I, I saw your uh, YouTube, which is really cool. I loved your music, and I like the fact that you're actually teaching and, and doing that kind of stuff, too. So how did you get started with music and, and singing and, and all that, all that you do? Because I know you play a bunch of instruments, too. So <laughs> <it's fun. laughs> um, well, I've, I've kind of been one of those really annoying musical children. You know, I was in school doing all that music and I remember that I first started out in primary school so I was about eight or nine right and my music teacher said to my mum during a parents evening I think saying look Georgina has a real ear for music maybe Mm. you should think about getting her lessons and you know I don't really remember much of that conversation but what I do remember is I interrupted them and I said I'm really really sorry to interrupt which year is it though and I never quite got an answer for which year it is. That's um, funny. But from there I got violin lessons um, and I kind of moved on to singing because I was always into singing. And that's kind of when I became really obsessed with music. You know, I used to uh. put on concerts for my family and give them all handwritten invites and make them RSVP as right. to whether they're going to be downstairs watching my concert. Would you like the special seating? Exactly. Would you like priority seats? So an, uh, an entrepreneur also, that's good. From day one. Funny. Yeah, cool. um, but yeah, it wasn't until I was about 13 or 14 that I actually started kind of performing live and doing more contemporary music. Oh, okay. And I started doing kind of open mics and little gigs, playing pubs and clubs. And from there, I got really interested in the kind of techie geeky sound bit and so I went into doing a bit of live sound and I I love doing live sound I think it's great but yeah we have a we have a similar path to that because I was in high school um, theater and I did sound I played guitar but you know what what you realize later is that it's great to have all those sort of assets right even playing multiple instruments because now you can do your own record you don't need to hire other people so that's a big difference right they all feed into each other they're all exactly I love yeah but yeah, there was a part of me that was always just quite frustrated because I wanted to make this perfect sound and I had the idea of this perfect sound, which right. obviously with live performance, nothing's ever going to be perfect. That's kind of the beauty of live music. Yeah, true. And so from then I kind of got into production. So I was like, yeah, I can finally make what's in my head come to life. I don't have to be like, oh, you're getting this wrong. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's great as as a young artist. I mean, because it's you know it's expensive to go into a regular studio and that kind of thing. And you have a home studio setup that's that's very very nice. And we actually we kind of just talked about that too. You're really releasing singles, and I think your your newest single is "How I Miss You," which is going to be out in a couple of weeks. But when you started um, actually writing and doing your own thing, who were some of your heroes? Like some of your musical heroes that inspired you? It's kind of changed over the years. So when I was really young, I loved Rihanna and Lady right, Gaga. Sure. Who are, you know, I still love to this yeah. day. I think they're great. And I was really into Aretha Franklin as well. Oh. As I've become more interested in production and I've really found that I love pop music. At the moment, I'm really loving Dua Lipa. And okay. I really love Sigrid, who is, I think she's Scandinavian or Norwegian. Oh, okay. She writes some great pop music. Right. And then 
I love Max Martin as a producer. Yeah. Just because he. So I actually have friends that work with Max because there's I have a whole I have a whole Finnish connection. <laughs> Finnish oh my gosh. Yeah, it's actually funny because a lot of people here don't know that name, but they yeah. know the music because he's done um, Christina, Brittany, like a whole long list of people, it's and it's a Scandinavian pop has a certain sound to it, right? Definitely, I kind of class myself as a big Scandi pop fan. Yeah, because that's, that's a, yeah, it's funny because they have J-pop, but the, that whole Scandi pop and like the Eurovision thing is yeah. a big part of that too. So yeah, it's funny. I just love the way that Scandi pop is so instantly kind of recognizable and it sounds familiar when you hear it for the first time. Right. You can groove and connect with the music instantly, can't you? Some of the J-pop stuff too has been influenced. Actually, a friend of mine is, is one of the top uh, J-pop songwriters, uh, Mayu Wakisaka. And she actually, what's funny is they, the label Sony would send her to Scandinavia, send her to Helsinki to work with writers there. Yeah. Because that, if you listen to J-pop, that sound is really, it's kind of techno and kind of, you know, kind of the, the dance stuff. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, actually, how old were you when you released your first song that you produced? Yeah, I was 19 when I released Oh, okay. So that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, no. Yeah, awesome. But you've been really, I mean, like, you've been really, I know with the YouTube stuff and everything, you've been, like, really putting out a lot of content. Not only just music, but just your YouTube stuff. Because you have, how many followers do you have on YouTube? Like, a couple thousand. Right? At the moment, I have 2.16K. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, great. it's really cool. I'm really kind of quite humbled by the fact that that many people want to watch well, what's awesome about you and your your content is very relevant and it's actually really well produced. Yeah. Um, how did you get into the YouTube thing? What, what what was your thought process of like, hey, I want to do some videos and just kind of get started with that? Or how did, how did that happen? Um, well, it was at the beginning of the first UK lockdown that I decided oh, okay. I was going to make some videos. I was like, I'm right. going to go insane if I don't spend my time doing something. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I got the podcast started. <laughs> I think most musicians did go, right, we can't gig. What on earth are we going to do? Exactly, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I started up the YouTube because I I wanted to help people that were in my kind of situation a couple of years ago. Because mm. when I was first starting out, I was like, right, cool. People are using these really long technical words. And that sounds very clever. It sounds great. But right, no but it's intimidating too, right? Means. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of, with my YouTube, help beginners actually understand what's going on and kind of explain things in the way that I understand them. Right. Yeah. And I, and that's actually funny because like a lot of the words and people hear these big terms related to record producing and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, a lot of people are afraid to say, I don't know what that is. (laughs) They get intimidated. Right. Yeah. So I I kind of just wanted to help people that were in my position. Cause I think, you know, the more we help people, the more good music is going to be made, which is never a bad thing. Have you been hearing from a lot of other young singers, songwriters, like with, uh, giving you comments and encouraging you? Um, definitely, yeah. And I've been working with a lot of young artists producing their music as well after they've heard oh, my awesome. song, which is really cool. Um, mm. But I love it. I love how everyone's mind works differently and you can listen to the same thing and have right. completely polar opposite ideas about what to do with that music. Yeah, that's kind of the, you know, part of the art of, of producing too is like figuring out how to best reach each artist because everybody's different yeah. and what you what you can say and how you can approach it with one person you can't necessarily do that with the other person has that been a kind of a learning process for you definitely i think a lot what shocked me when i started producing is a lot of it is about reading people and it's right. a lot about communication and having to understand an artist's image and their kind of vision right i think at the end of the day that probably is the most important thing as a producer working for another artist is to kind mm. of achieve what they want out of their music 
Yeah, because you have to play detective a little bit, right? And f- figure out what they're really, where they really want to go. Because sometimes they don't necessarily know, right? Definitely. And it's also about having to explain the kind of production terms to the artist saying, right. you know, if I put this reverb on here, this is how it's going to sound. Do you want it to sound like this? Or right. do you want it to sound a different way? It's kind of... Yeah, you kind of become an interpreter. Well. You're like an interpreter or like a tour guide. Exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly yeah. that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I explained that people for the podcasting thing. I said, I'm kind of like, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever been to Disneyland or maybe not, but they have a tour guide with the big Mickey Mouse hand. It's like, follow me, follow me. I'm like, that's kind of what you're doing as a producer or as a podcast host. Podcast host. It's sort of like a guided a guided process, right? Yeah. You have, a, you have a vision, but you also have to pay attention to what they want, obviously. So it's kind of like a um, a good, I guess, a marriage, or I don't know how you how you. You've got to kind it, of but... bounce off each other, don't you? Yeah, and I think I think the guys that I know that have been really successful producers, they're open to that. They don't come in with like I know everything because you can't know everything. You don't know yeah. that person, right? Yeah, exactly. And I've learned so much from working with different artists. Hmm. They've said something like, "Oh, can we try doing this to the vocal?" And I'd be like, "Well, I've never actually thought of doing that." Never yeah, it's interesting. Actually- it's a fun learning process, and. Uh, What's what's some of your advice to young writers? Like, and when you actually when you're writing, do you write? Is it it's always on your own? Are you doing any kind of collaborations with writing or? Um, mainly with my music, I kind of get the basis of the song down by mm. myself, and then I I send it to others saying, you know, what do you think? What do you reckon? Right. But in terms of advice for writers, is to kind of just get out there and do it. You know, mm. the the only way you're going to find your sound is by writing a lot or producing a lot. Right. And if the only way to really do it is to just jump in at the deep end, I'd say. Yeah, you have to kind of lose your fear, right? Yeah, I think I think that's the hardest part of it as well. Yeah. You know, it can be so tricky. And also showing people your songs and your music for the first time right. is a terrifying experience. Yeah, it's like, here, here's my baby. Is, isn't yeah. she gorgeous? <laughs> You're kind of it's like... like someone reading your diary, isn't it? It's like, exactly, here is yeah. everything. <laughs> Yeah, because if you're a really good writer and you really, if you're kind of going deep with the writing, you're kind of burying your soul, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I started writing when I was like 12 years old and uh, just me and a guitar. Besides just that, it was such a kind of a therapeutic thing too, right? You get all your angst out and all your, all your stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why most of my songs are so sad and angry. Not the songs I'm releasing. I've made sure they're upbeat. But right, lots right, right. of the ones that I don't release are very sad and angry because that's when I write songs. When I'm yeah, yeah, when you get, to... I need to get something out. Do you uh, so when you're writing, do you um, do you kind of keep a, a piece of paper and a pad with you? Do you have like a an iPad that you're writing? How, how 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 do you actually physically do that? Do you just have something around where you can write stuff down, ideas, or? Well, I kind of start with the music first. I mean, I'm oh. very much a music orientated person rather than the lyrics but that means I've always got my voice memos on kind of humming into the tunes being like don't forget this one this could be something good awesome so yeah I kind of do that and then I'd either go to a piano or a guitar or actually Mm. more recently I've been going straight to my computer and getting that recording down and then I kind of build up this kind of backing track which Mm -hmm. ends up as the basis of the song yeah and I kind of just mumble birds over the top you know what that's actually and and a lot of people very experienced songwriters they actually um there's one of the guys i can't think of his name now he was a singer for oingo boingo which is way before your time oh danny elfman so danny Danny elfman's yeah yeah, so he's you know right and he's a great soundtrack guy but he doesn't read music he has an orchestrator that he works with but he mumbles or kind of he hums i shouldn't say mumbles he hums the melody and then the guy writes it down and i'm like you know what everybody has a process but it works for him right 
if it works for you, it works for you. I don't think you can really dictate how you should write a song. Sometimes it's sort of the uh, the universe giving you ideas or giving you have to pay attention when they do, right? Anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you just have to. Sometimes you have to pay attention. So what are you um, what are you working on now? You've got your new release coming out, and uh, how, how do you? So how are you promoting your releases? Are you, are you doing social media and all that stuff, or what, what's some of your ideas for that? Yeah, I'm trying my very best with social media. You know, <laughs> trying to put yeah. out all that content. It's a process, um, yeah. Oh, it is. It's it's just a journey, isn't it? It's not kind of yeah. an immediate. Wow, I've got 10 million followers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll be doing that, and hopefully, I'll get some radio play I'm looking to get, and that sort huh. of thing, to kind of help promote it. And it's it's going to be out everywhere on all the yeah. platforms. So yeah, that's you know that's. The awesome thing these days too is if you put something up out on iTunes or whatever, like you're right next to Madonna, you're right next to Katy Perry. Incredible. I mean, they have more. They're they're known, I guess, whatever. But still, you have it's sort of an equal footing in a way. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, the access is awesome. When you're actually uh, writing and that kind of thing, are you kind of writing in a you do you intentionally try to write in a certain style? Are you kind of trying to focus on pop music or? I think just as a person, I listen to a lot of pop music and I'm just, I'm a very pop orientated person, really. Right. Um, I love cheese. I love anything uh, <laughs> cheesy. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is I really like funk as well. Oh, um, okay. So I do cool. try and get quite a lot of funky elements into my music. Right. And a good bass line. Every song I write, I want to have a great bass line because I think all the great songs do have a brilliant bass line. See, I'm a bass player, so I 100% agree. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a good bass line. But that's true, like bass and drums. I mean, especially for pop music, if it's when it gets people moving, that is really so important, right? Incredibly. And like I said earlier that I love Dua Lipa's music. And in mm -hmm. her album, Future Nostalgia, yeah. nearly every song just has this really clear, funky, groovy bass line. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's yeah, it's interesting, too, because with music, people kind of forget they get really well educated and they do all that kind of stuff, but they forget, like, it has to feel good. You want to be yeah. able to, like, groove to it, right? I mean, that's ultimately you the... You want to be able to do, like, a little headbang when exactly. you listen to it, and that's when you know a song's there. <laughs> yeah, you, you like, that, that's the thing. Like, I'm like, you know, that's why all the Motown stuff, it still works. It's still good. It still feel good, feels good and great. I have younger sisters, and when I write a new song, I get them into my room and I say, can you just listen to this new mix? Oh, and I just watch them react to it. And I know if they're starting to groove or starting to kind of go, then I've got a good yeah. thing going on. You know, it's funny too, is a lot of people these days are breaking music on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok's like, you know. crazy. I had my young sisters run into the room, yes, well, not yesterday, but a couple of weeks ago going, have you heard this new song, Rasputin? Right. And I was like, the one by Boney M. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not new. Yeah, that's fine. I know it's new to them. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's great. This, yeah, I know. Have you heard this new Billy Idol song? It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was singing Crazy Train the other day. And oh, I was like, funny. Do you know what you're singing there? That's funny. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, like, it goes to prove, like, if the music feels good, it is timeless. Like, kids exactly. rediscover it. You know, you'll, you'll have, like, you go to, like, a Metallica or even, like, a U2 concert, and there'll be, like, three generations. Yeah. Like mom and dad, the grandkids, you know, it's like, it's crazy. It's amazing. So what, what's the future for you? Are you looking to do, obviously do more songwriting, more producing? Is there, do you have kind of a set goal or what, what's your plans? Um, I would really like to kind of get some more studio experience at yeah. the moment and kind of, obviously it's quite hard with the current situation. Right. Um, 
but I'd love to kind of get that hands-on experience in a studio because I feel like okay. that's kind of what I'm missing from my musical right. journey so far. Um, and I plan to keep on doing some live sound stuff and obviously to keep producing both my music and other people. You know, I can tell you too, because I tour, I've toured for years and I, I, quite a bit all over the place. And a lot of the best sound people I've ever worked with were women because they, they know that they have to work harder to prove themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, like, I've been to some huge venues and, and the best by far, especially monitor. For some reason, monitors seems to be, like, where a lot of the gravitate towards. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Like, I love seeing that. I love encouraging that. And I, I worked, I did production for years. I worked with Miley and J-Lo and doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I, I love seeing women getting involved in that. I love seeing women getting involved in, in producing. Yeah. Um, some of the best producers these days are actually are, are women, you know, yeah. which is great. And that's one of the reasons why I want to talk with you, because I think it's great to get your perspective and you're kind of an emerging artist. You're, you're, you know, younger, but you, but you're, you present yourself really well. You sent me a very well, well done um, EPK, electronic press kit. Thank you very much. And what's, yeah, and it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine, Jason Miles, who worked with Whitney, he worked with a bunch of people. And I said, you know what? And I showed him your videos. And I said, the really thing, the thing I, I really liked about you was you, you came right out of the gate prepared. Like, there's people that are way older than me that, don't never even owned it or put together an EPK or yeah. nothing <laughs> so. quite like good organization. It's so important, right? As as because that's that's the first thing that people see about you. That and then the yeah. next thing they do is they go to your social media pages and they check out your YouTube's, and that's mm. it's it's just so important. What's your what's your biggest uh, couple of uh, points of advice for young young people that want to get into music and want to get into producing and doing what you're doing? I would definitely just say just start doing it you know I think a lot of music is kind of backing yourself you've got to really believe in yourself and go yes what I'm doing is good because right. at the end of the day what I've always told myself is that if I don't back me I can't expect anyone else to you know exactly. I'm the one that knows me the best if I don't do it then no one else is gonna believe yeah. in what I'm doing or support me. Yeah, and that's so true, and and it's it's nice because you're you said you're kind of in a smaller community, but you're not too far from London, right? Yeah. So it's important for you to like, because I know you get out and you're performing, you're doing a lot of local gigs, which, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, part of that's just building your confidence, right? I think so, and a lot of it also is networking. I think people can see the whole music industry is a really competitive, you know. I want to win. I'm the best sort of industry, but actually, I kind of do see it as a complete opposite. I think. Mm -hmm. You get to a point where everyone's like, right, we're all in the same boat. Let's help yep. each other out. Let's play to each other's strengths. Because if you work with someone who's really, really great at mixing, then at the end of the day, you're going to get a better song because you've right. used their strengths and your strengths. It's best if, if everybody wins, right? Exactly. So yeah. I, I think that a lot of it is working together and networking and not bringing each other, bringing each other down to like build each other up. Yeah. And actually, and I have the exact same philosophy. And my thing is like, I don't see people as competitors. I see them as colleagues. Definitely. And, and I think once you kind of get to that place, because I've been doing it like long, a lot longer than you yeah. have, because because I'm old. But um, <laughs> but I think I think that's what I've gotten to. It's like all that kind of when you feel jealousy for other people's success, like you shouldn't do that. You should you should celebrate other people's yeah. successes. And and when you develop that kind of network of folks, then you're gonna you're gonna all be able to do stuff. And help, like you said, help each other out. Super important. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, that's kind of the mindset that I've tried to have from day one is to kind of not be like, oh, she's better than me. I'm not going to talk to her. 
Right. They're kind yeah. of like, oh my God, that was awesome. Please show me how you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever lose that. Because <laughs> people, you know what? People will want you around. That's the thing. They want yeah. people that are going to support their dreams and you support, you know, you support theirs, they support yours. And then, then the life is, is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's good life. Yeah. Um, tell us how people can find you online on, on social media and YouTube and all that. So online, it's just George Agenbar. Um, so on Instagram, it's at George Agenbar. And on Facebook, it's George Agenbar Music. And then my YouTube is called Third Fret, which is okay. the word third and then fret is oh, in. Oh, third fret, like fret. guitar. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. And then what, what we're going to do is we'll put all those links in, in the um, podcast description so people can find Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. And also, I'll include them in the video as well. And uh, so this video will be seen on um, our Facebook pages, which is Music Crowns in London. It's actually in Shoreditch. <laughs> and, uh, and also Basic Guitar Love in Italy. And, and we have a bunch of other pages, too. And then oh, on brilliant. all the major podcast outlets. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. You're very welcome. And, and please uh, send me a link when your single comes out. And we'll definitely share that on our pages. I will do. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much, George. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Let's stay in touch. Definitely. Thanks for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements.